You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. Hope you guys are doing really, really good. I am well. Had a lot of things heavy on my mind. Not in a bad way. I'm a thinker, so I always have a lot on my mind. (laughs) It's so funny. I dropped by my mentor's house the other day because I just went to, to take her some things. And I was sharing with her some of my decisions, not goals, decisions. And she was like, oh, okay, well, how are you going to do that? Well, what's the plan for that? And I said, oh, I don't know yet. And she said, she was like, she told me yesterday that she was like, God, how in the world is she going to do this? And she doesn't even have a plan for that. And so what I realized is that Quite often when I speak to people, they're probably like, this girl is out of her mind, right? Because I'm usually out of other people's minds and I get that. But let me, let me tell y'all a couple of things. First of all, I can map out a plan all day, right? Things don't unfold in the way that I plan. And, I, and I'm totally okay with that. The other thing is that you have to know the work in the world that you are given to do. And my work is oftentimes uncharted territory, blazing new trails, figuring things out. And so let's just say you're going into a new place or you're going into a new direction. You don't know the path. You figure it out. You go this way. You go that way until the path is very clear. So that's why a lot of times I tell y'all, there is a grace on my life that makes it look, look like what I do is easy because it's what I've been given to do. And so I realized too, I learned this word from my client, a lot of what I do is not always articulable because I can't even articulate it. I can't even tell you, yep, this is where I'm going. How are you going to get there? I'm not exactly sure, but the plan will unfold because I only need to know the next step. And if that step is not going to get me there, then I trust God to redirect me. Do you understand? So I can map out a plan with the best of them. And plan the, the things don't go according to plan. That's just not my way. It's almost like people have their podcasts or whatever they do scripted out. I don't do that. I open my mouth and I speak and I trust my spirit to fill it. And somehow It always makes sense. Well, it makes sense to me anyway, right? And so this is just my way. (laughs) So you have to know who you are to even move like that. The other thing that I will say is I have moved away from setting goals and moved more into making decisions because when I make a decision, there is no other option. When I make a decision to do A, B, C, D, E, E, all the way through Z, don't come into play because I have made a decision. And 
it got me to thinking about how so often God would tell me, Letitia, you are the delay in all of this. And I'll be like, what do you mean? Because I'm doing this or I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. But you haven't decided to do this. And I was like, oh. And so then I would go and be like, okay. I'm going to do it. Mm-mm. It still wasn't a decision. It was it was it was verbal a verbal agreement. You know when you've made a decision for something because no other option exists, right? So I've been just giving that a lot of thought and yeah, decisions, goals, when I make a decision, like I said, I decided that I was going to lose 10 pounds by April. And I didn't have this whole plan, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? By, by, it was April 21st. By April 21st, I had dropped 11 pounds. I didn't have this, this well-thought-out, well-mapped-out plan. I made a decision. I can't exactly tell you how I did it. And so what I'm losing the need to do is to explain myself, Right? When you see the wind or you feel the wind, you know you felt a wind. You know you felt a strong gust, but how do you, not gust, gust, a strong gust of wind, but how do you explain the wind? How do you explain the power of the wind? So when I'm moving in my powerful place, when I'm just stepping into my power and moving more into what's fully possible, I'm not going to explain because I can't explain it. I cannot. I have tried forever and ever and ever. And my, I know a lot of words, and the words fail me every time. This is something that I understand about me. I'm multi-gifted and I'm multi-hyphenate. I can move in a lot of different things, and I have gifts that are activated as necessary. That The primary one being the gift of wisdom, right? A divinely a divine endowment of spiritual wisdom that I can make practical. So most of the people that I work with, uh uh-huh, I'm very practical. I can get practical down to the granular details, but it's divine wisdom that informs the strategy for me to do that in the first place. So there is not a situation that presents itself that I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I can't figure this out. Listen, if it's out of my lane, then it's out of my lane but I'm relying upon the spiritual wisdom, right? To translate what I know to be spiritual principles into something very practical. Now, this is what I really want to talk about, though. It is so important to know who you are. It is so important to know who you are. We got power suits. I just bought one, okay? This is too small and I got to take send it back today. That, that's that's not the point. But we got all these power suits and we look powerful and we got powerful language, but inwardly we don't have the power. What is the point? We are still showing up as if we don't belong, as if we're not worthy, as if we got to walk on eggshells, walk softly through, through doors, lest they be taken away from us instead of walking boldly through the doors that have been opened to us like we belong. So it got me to thinking about how um, there's one of my one of my first coaches. Uh, he had like a business marketing workshop or something like that. And so this other coach that I was mentoring at the time, I said, hey, you know, this is a coach that I work with. She's like, oh, I love him. And I said, he's having this thing. And so there's another ticket if you want to come. And she said, 
Yeah, she said, I'll drive. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, I'll get the hotel. I don't really like people in the hotel room with me, but I was like, it's one night, it's fine. So we get up there and we were just talking, you know, about random things. And she was like, oh my God. She said, this hotel room has a closet. I, I said, I said, huh? She said, this hotel, I, I promise y'all I can't make this stuff up. She said, this hotel room has a closet. I'm going to put my stuff in this closet. And I was like, uh, help yourself. I said, but, but what, ho- what, what hotel doesn't have a closet? And she looked at me and she said, me and you live very different lives. And I said, this is, it was like a Fairfield it, it really wasn't nothing fancy, okay? Because they it was it was like in a rural area. So I was like, what hotels you been in that don't have a clock? Whatever. So um, let me backtrack a bit. The, the first time when we met, we met over lunch. And I was just downloading, you know, just giving her. Because I want anybody to be successful, right? You can take what I give you and go be great with it. Anyway, we sat and and talked for a few hours. The bill came. I had two drinks on on the tab along with whatever I had. So if I'm having lunch or dinner or whatever with somebody, either you're gonna get it or I'm gonna get it, right? Or either it's gonna be split down the middle. Well, honey, the lady split it down the middle and she was like, okay. Then she looked at it. She was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I didn't have no drinks. I had this, I had this, this. And so I said, oh, okay, clearly this this is not my kind of people. So now I'm going back to the story, right? You, you just recognize your people. I'm like, this ain't it. So the next day, we go to the marketing workshop and, you know, they're sharing, this is what you do to grow your business. And I look over at her and she's crying and she said she was like, she said, I need a moment. She's a bit overwhelmed by all of the business owners and just being in this environment. And so I was like, okay. So then she was she was just taking notes. And I said, good, she's getting something out of it. Well, she had a question. And she went up there to the microphone. She went up there to the microphone, head kind of bowed down, almost like a slave in obeisance to a master. Uh, Mr. Uh, so-and-so, you know, what I have wanted to know, I don't even remember what the question was, but I was looking at her like, girl, stand up. Like, what what is you doing? Not what are you doing? What is you doing? Like, you are almost bowed down like you are some kind of slave, like you don't belong here. And here's the thing. She did not belong there in her mind. She was still enslaved in her mind. And so even though she had access to another environment and a different environment, her mind would not allow her to receive that environment because it kept reminding her, telling her, trying to trick her that she didn't belong. Okay? So... That is where I'm really going with this. I was listening to somebody the other day and they were saying how if you take a fish out of the fish tank and put it into the ocean, for example, that the fish is still going to swim the length of the fish tank. And I said, God, where have I been fish tanking this thing and I have access to the ocean? And let me tell you a couple of things about being enslaved in the mind. Everybody got pissed off when Kanye says slavery was a choice. But let me tell you why that didn't upset me, because I understood from a different way. Yeah, slavery was the biggest atrocity that happened to us, right? 
But everybody who was a slave wasn't a slave. Everybody who was a slave wasn't a slave. The people who ended up as freedom fighters, as blazing trails, as the pathfinders for freedom for other slaves, they didn't choose slavery, excuse me, even though they were still slaves. In the mind, they were not slaves. And then their mindsets were so hell-bent on freedom because that is who they really are, that they created the environment that was inside of them. You will always look to create or recreate the environment that is inside of you. So they didn't choose slavery, even though um, slavery chose them. So if you are still enslaved to a space and to a place that this, your narrative, the narrative of your life, your upbringing, your past has imposed upon you, you're going to be like the fish in the fish tank having access to the ocean, but you cannot, you can't go there because your mind is going to keep you locked into the fish tank. Or because the work of preparation hasn't been done, if you go into that environment, it could kill you. Listen, when you buy a goldfish, they give you the goldfish in a bag. And a lot of times they will say, well, if you're going to put it in a fish tank, put the bag in the fish tank and then cut the the, uh, goldfish, like cut the bag so the fish just, you know, kind of seamlessly transitions into the new environment, right? Why is that necessary? Probably so the fish won't be shocked and the fish can be in this new environment without overwhelm. Now, the fish, they probably ain't doing no little mindset work. So this is what has to happen. When you have a plant, the plant has outgrown its pot, outgrown its current environment. And so you're like, okay, let me uproot it and put it in this new environment. And now the plant is in the new environment, the bigger pot, and now the plant starts to die. Why does a plant in a new environment, in a bigger space, start to die? The same reason you will if there is not the work of preparation to get you from one environment to the other. So you are asking for something, you are praying for something, but you are neglecting to do the work of preparation, the work of challenging your deeply ingrained beliefs. And so you continue to swim the length of the fish tank, but you're praying for the ocean. And the inner tension is, um, the inner tension is almost unbearable because you know that there is more and it's like window shopping and you can't figure out why you can't access it. Let me tell you the opposite of that. When I was asking God, where have I outgrown this fish tank and I have access to the ocean and I'm still over here with the fish tank? Because I know that I've done the inner work. I know that I commit myself to doing the inner work and the growth work. But something about the fish tank still feels familiar and we will always crave familiarity. And so sometimes you have to be thrust out of the fish tank. But God ain't gonna thrust you out of the fish tank and you're not ready and you're not able to survive in a new environment, right? So. I'm like, God, I'm over here fish tanking this thing and I got access to the ocean. And so I simply just need to agree with you and agree with what's possible. My belief and all that, let me just agree with you because I agree with you. Then I move into what it is that you said was possible. And 
It's just as simple as that. My belief, they're going to catch up with my agreement because my agreement with you is going to produce the results. My agreement with your principles, my agreement with what it is that you said is possible, regardless of what my mind tries to tell me, right? My fish tank revelation is not the ocean revelation. So I'm going to agree with this ocean revelation that you're giving me, and I'm going to move all the way out of this comfort of this fish tank because I know that you got me so that I can see the results of what it is that you say. When I see the results, then now my belief has to align with my agreement. And then here's what also happens. Listen, some of y'all are asking God to do something that you can do completely on your own. The same codependency that you have in your relationships, you are bringing into this whole situation with God. God, what you want me to do? God, I don't know what to do. God, and so you are not taking on the responsibility that you have to co-create. If we are made in the image of and likeness of God, then you are made with the ability to create your world. You are made with the ability to speak and to create and to see come into fruition, fruition what it is that you have spoken. Yet we rely on God to do the thing that we have been given to do. If I tell you that the ocean is possible and you in the fish tank, what's going to be required from you? To agree that the ocean is possible and start moving outside of the fish tank and moving towards the ocean. What you can trust is that if you are going to the left or to the right and you are being misdirected, that I will guide you. But just like your GPS, your GPS ain't guiding you and you ain't moving. Your GPS ain't guiding you to stay still. And so some of y'all are asking for directions and instructions and plans and all of these strategies, and you ain't even in motion. Make it make sense. We've complicated something unnecessarily that just doesn't have to be complicated. You don't know what to do? Take a step. If that don't feel right, do something else. It's not that complicated, but we've been given this, the gospel of codependence. Right? And so we don't take responsibility and ownership of anything. We don't take responsibility and ownership of anything. And so, yeah, because God is going to do this for me. No, 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 no. God is going to work with you. Listen, the Bible does say that God can open doors that no man can close. Right? But how are you going to get through the doors? You have to take yourself through the door. You walk through the doors that have been open for you with boldness. And when you walk through the door, then you get the next step. And some of us just don't do anything. Like some of us don't. Conversely, some of us are so reliant and hell-bent on our plans and things of unfolding in the way that we've envisioned that we project our own dysfunction and our fish tank revelation and our fish tank narrative onto the plans of God. And God is like, I'm not in that. That's way too small for me. You can do that on your own. Let me tell you, you hear this word tossed, tossed around a lot because favor ain't fair. I've been looking at some of the stuff that people call favor and I'm like, God, that's, that sure ain't fair. I, I wouldn't even say that out loud. I went to the dealership and I had a 429 credit score. And honey, listen, I walked out with a 2023 G-Wagon. My interest rate is 29.65, but that ain't nothing but numbers because this $979 car note, my God, honey, that ain't favor, okay? That's fish tank because 
being prepared for what it is that you're asking for, you will be doing your part and not need a miracle for your credit. Can God move around all of those systems? Absolutely, he's done it for me. But that shouldn't be the norm. You broadcasting and bragging on something that people are like, if if you're putting God's name on something, other people should desire it. It should be something that's palatable that other people are like, wow. God is really moving in that person's life. We put I, some of the stuff that people say God is doing, I'll be like, mm, yeah, I'll pass. No, no, I don't want none of that, okay? And so, favor ain't fair. What do you need favor for if you're not doing anything? Let me tell you what I learned a long time ago, thanks to my beautiful pastors. Favor, the favor of God attracts resources. Resources may be opportunities, it may be relationships, it may be connections, it may be money, it may be tangible things, but what do you need resources for when you are not doing anything? Make it make sense. Listen, y'all know I say I live on this tightrope, right? And I was like, God, why do I feel I'm on a tightrope? Tightrope. I'm on a tightrope because... Both my failures and quote-unquote my successes, my triumphs and my tragedies, all of it is on display because the one thing that you will always see is God is with me. And if I'm a prototype and an example of somebody whose faith you can follow when you don't have enough faith for yourself, I can't be settled with fish tank things. I got to move into the ocean so people can see the vastness of what is even possible. Do you understand? All this stuff don't be meaning nothing to me. But I understand what moves the heart of people, as does God. And so my question to you is, how will you agree with God today? How, how can you agree with God? This is, what, this, this, is, this is what you desire. You know, the, um, the law of polarity, David Nagel teaches a lot about it if you want more understanding, N-E-A-G-L-E. The law of polarity says that the way he teaches it is that if you have a desire for something, the way to realize that desire has to be present because the the law of polarity shows like it's almost like two sides of the same coin. The law of polarity, poverty and prosperity exist on the same on the same plane, two opposite sides, two two opposite ends of the spectrum. Fear and faith are both the belief in something that you cannot see. Where do you live on the spectrum? So if you have a desire for something, the law of polarity says that the realization of that desire must also be present and possible or you wouldn't have the desire. You couldn't. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That means make your heart pliable, soften your heart before God and he will appoint your desires to you. So if God is an appointing a desire in your heart, then there also must be the path to get it done. But it's going to require you coming from the fish tank and being willing to relinquish everything that you know to move into it. And some of us, are way too comfortable. Some of us fear relinquishing this illusion of control, right? But you ain't got no control, no way. You're gonna always have to exchange something lesser for something greater. So you're gonna have to exchange everything 
that encompasses your your proverbial fish tank if you want that which is outside in the ocean, right? And I, I've just really been thinking about this. So, you know, I moved from, I may have said this, I don't know, making setting goals to making decisions. And I was talking to, to God about this, about a decision that I made for June. And he was just like, yeah, and in your mind, you're going to be all the way at the end of June before this happens. Like, why, why does it have to take you the whole month of June for this to happen? I said, you know, you're right, because time can, can, can really, it can collapse time frame. So I was thinking about that, like, you are absolutely right. And then I was just like, huh, so, okay, this is what I'm going to do. God said, how did you get to that number? Why can't it be this? And I was just like, you, you're not cooperating with me here. I'm not going to cooperate. He ain't going to cooperate with my fish tank revelation when he's trying to move me into the ocean because I've already done the growth work, right? Now it's just physically doing and moving into what is fully possible. God ain't going to nudge me into something that I can't handle. God ain't going to nudge. Here's the thing, Letitia, you are the delay in all of this because I am playing catch up to what life is asking of me. It's different than you going out somewhere premature into the ocean and you can't swim. This, this, this ain't that, right? But just in talking this out and thinking this through, I don't know none of the plans. I don't know any of it. But I'm just like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the decision to do it. I'm going to make the decision to, to say, whew, all right. Let me let me play it at this level and see what's possible. I can do it without agreeing with God. I can't because because none of my math is mathing. I try to count the costs. I keep coming up short. Listen, none of anything that I can do with my natural mind is is is, is going to get to get the job done. Right. So your fish tank narrative is going to keep you small. But while you are in the fish tank, so to speak. Prepare yourself. Take the time to prepare yourself. Get the practical things necessary so that when you move into the vastness of the ocean, you're not shell-shocked and you can handle more. You can handle greater. You can handle, you know, the thing that you've actually asked for because whatever you ask for, God's way is bigger and more than you've even asked or thought, right? So, this fish tank narrative, we're going to have to do away with the fish tank narrative. And, you know, it's time not just to write a new story. It's time to close that book. It's time. It's, it's just time to close that book and write a whole new book altogether because some of us have gotten stuck. You know, I'm a huge believer in understanding your wounds and your trauma and just under having some understanding for the sake of moving forward. History doesn't have to repeat itself when you can understand how history came to be in the first place, right? However, we've gotten stuck in the place of being able to articulate our traumas, being able to articulate our problems, being able to articulate our struggles and not moving forward into and getting on the other side. Don't 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 get stuck and settle in the place of just revelation. Right. And, and you don't move into the place of realization because knowing is not enough. So those who get it, get it. And, you know, what I realized going back to the, the young lady who um, who was with me when I went um, to the coaching thing is 
I have had to walk away from and walk away from some really good relationships, some really good people because they were they were stuck in in the in the fish tank place so to speak and there was no amount of coaching or anything that I could do to help them move forward and they wouldn't even agree with me if you will so that we could move forward together and so in those situations I had to to excuse myself and I used to feel a lot of guilt about that but now I understand it because you know you hear people say, uh, everybody can't go. Your door is for you. And a lot of that stems from the place of pride. No, no, no. This this probably stems from the place of preservation. You don't belong on this journey alongside me because what I've endured and what I've walked through and the things that I've already conquered, you may try to walk alongside me. You're not, you're not prepared for that, right? So you have to understand your path and you have to stay in your lane and go when it's time. But when you do the work of preparation, you are focused on you and you ain't looking at who ahead of you or who behind you because you know that your time is imminent, okay? So, you know, sometimes we need spiritual principles because spiritual principles will change your practical life. Spiritual principles can be applied over and over and over again. And it's not just mere words, right? It's not just the mere words of human wisdom, but you can apply spiritual wisdom and see a demonstration of God's power in your life, right? Not just if you believe, if you agree. I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day.